0: There was a lot of hype surrounding James Paxton when he signed with the Boston Red Sox. But why exactly did his 2023 season not turn out the way it was supposed to? Find out on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, and I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And honestly, who doesn't love free? Anytime there's something free to take advantage of, you know I'm doing it. So you absolutely should take advantage of this free podcast every day. You can get your daily fix of Boston Red Sox content even during slow times like right now when, oh my gosh, this free agency period and offseason in general so far has just been very boring for lack of a better word. The Red Sox aren't making moves. The Dodgers aren't making moves. The Yankees aren't making moves. Teams just haven't made a ton of moves. The only team to really make a huge splash so far is the Phillies, who re-signed Aaron Nola, which made sense and was well-deserved by him. I mean, heck of a run he's had in a Phillies uniform. He was a well-desired offseason arm that a lot of teams were coveting but ultimately he wanted to stay where he was so it's just been a rough off season in terms of news and there's just been a lot of reports a lot of hearsay but nothing definitive to go off of <clears throat> i believe the biggest reason for Why things are being held up with this offseason is because of Shohei Otani. A lot of reports are saying other players are waiting till he signs to sign because they probably want to see what kind of deal he gets before they agree to something. Yamamoto is a top priority for the Boston Red Sox, as reported today. But he wants to wait until... Otani is off the board to see what his market looks like, what deal he accepts. And I think there's going to be a lot of players who base their decisions on Otani and where he goes. So it just is what it is. All we can do is wait. I am here to bring you another show today with an examination of a player on the Boston Red Sox roster in 2023. This pitcher was signed. By Boston as a free agent before the 2022 season and ended up not being able to pitch at all in 2022. And then came back in 2023 to pitch out of the rotation. In his prime, he was very good, but his problem that he's had is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that was something that the Red Sox experienced with him. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's James Paxton. The Red Sox signed him to a very team-friendly deal when they brought him on prior to the 2022 season. It was a two-year deal, very non-expensive. So it was a low-risk, high-reward situation, basically meaning they signed him for cheap, and if he ends up contributing, it's a win for the Red Sox. If he doesn't end up being able to contribute effectively, then oh well, they didn't spend a lot of money on him. And it made sense at the time because he was injured. He hadn't pitched in a while. Coming into 2022, it was a known fact that he wasn't going to be able to pitch the whole season. So when Boston did bring him on, it was more for the fact that they were hoping he could be a useful piece in 2023. So sure enough, he was brought on, worked on his rehab for the entirety of the 2022 season. And during that time, I was sitting there saying, so we have James Paxton here, but how effective is he really going to be able to be when he comes back? Because he's already missing a full season and a full season in Major League Baseball is a lot because when you play this sport, you have to be able to keep up with the intensity of your workouts and keeping your arm active if you're a pitcher even through the off season and when you're going through rehab for your pitching arm it's okay that you have to go through the routine that you're being told to do in your training but you're not getting the experience of seeing live hitters And that's a game changer. If you're trying to be successful in Major League Baseball, you have to be able to see live hitting regularly. So one of the things I worried about with Paxton was whether he was going to be able to get back into that groove that we had seen from him when he was prime James Paxton, like Mariners. James Paxton was absolutely ridiculous. And the chances of the Red Sox getting that version of Paxton were slim to none just because, again, of the amount of time he had spent away from the game. So, my expectation for him going into the 2023 season was I hope he can at least be a solid contributor that can eat up some innings out of the rotation. I didn't expect him to be an ace or even a number two pitcher for the Red Sox, because that's kind of a lot to ask out of somebody who's coming off of a season ending injury in which he has to carry himself in a different manner that other players on the pitching staff are and what he's going through to get back. And I expected there to be a little bit of rustiness at the beginning of 2023 because of that, because It's hard, again, to come back after an injury when you're missing so much time and you're not seeing live hitters and being able to keep up with the intensity of pitching in a major league game. So I expected him to be a little rusty at the beginning of the 2023 season, but I thought that once he got his groove back, He would be a solid contributor to the point where I was looking at him and saying he was a solid number two or number three starter for Boston for the majority of the season. Because they already had Brian Bayo in the rotation, who is really, if we're being honest here, a true number three right now at this point. I want him to be a number two. He's not quite there yet. Do I think if he keeps working at it during the 2024 season that he could be a number two? Absolutely. He's showing a lot of potential. He's continuing to grow. There's just things he needs to work through still. So I think he could eventually be a number two. But in my head, I said, okay, well, they have Bayo. You know, I'm not expecting a ton from Chris Sale because he's been away from the game for a while and not being able to pitch consistently for a whole season in a while. And they have Corey Kluber, who I knew from the start was just not going to be a good situation. I still didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. I thought it might be a little bit better than it was, but I didn't expect it to be the absolute train wreck that it ended up being. But even so, You take that combination of starters and then obviously Cutter Crawford throwing him into the mix, and he hadn't really been a starter prior to that. We saw him more out of the bullpen and then was forced to kind of be thrown into the fire in 2022 when there were a lot of pitching injuries, but didn't get to showcase his true potential. So him being thrown in there and Tanner Houck being thrown in there, the pitching staff as a whole was asking for A disaster, but James Paxton to me, I looked at as potentially being one of the shining stars in that rotation in what was going to be a bunch of question marks all around. Overall, that was not the case. You could say that in the beginning of the season, he was one of the better starters in the rotation, but as the season progressed, he got to the point where he wasn't pitching nearly as effectively as he was early on and he started to seriously struggle after the trade deadline particularly and the conversation became at the trade deadline should the red sox trade him because his value is really high right now and the red sox should try to flip him around for maybe some young prospects that they can develop into being part of the future of the franchise. The Red Sox chose not to trade him. They were two and a half games out of a wild card spot at the trade deadline. They decided to keep him. And then the rest of the season for him was just not exactly what the Red Sox were hoping for. Why exactly was that? I'll tell you next. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physicians and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost it's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code lockdown to get $20 off your order. The reality at the end of the day is so many unprecedented situations happen in our lives, and it's always better to feel like you have that extra security blanket, even if you don't directly need. The Antibiotics that are in there, it could change your life if you're ever in a situation where you do and you're trying to scramble to run out and get it. So, having the Jace case can always leave you in the right peace of mind, especially if you travel a lot for work or just generally for vacation. Maybe you like to go see a lot of different places. Having the travel pack of the Jace case can keep you reassured so you don't have to stress on those trips. So, just head to jacemedical.com and use that offer code. Locked on, so you can get twenty dollars off your order. It's well worth your time. I promise you, you should do it. Also, download the Sirius XM app because that can give you the home broadcast of every Red Sox game, so you don't have to miss a pitch. And hopefully, if the Red Sox do what everybody would love for them to do and sign Yamamoto this offseason. You can make sure you don't miss any of his starts. So if you have something going on and you can't sit and watch the game in full, you can at least tune into it through that SiriusXM app. So just download the app today, search Red Sox, and you can have the broadcast straight to your phone. The 2023 season was obviously not the most ideal for the red sox they finished last in the al east didn't make the playoffs by a pretty wide margin finished with a losing record had a lot of injuries along the way and had players not perform up to the expectations that they should have performed at and they had a variety of issues including the infield defense the pitching just Not really having any frontline starters who have that capability to carry that pitching staff. One of the pitchers that was thrown into the fire in 2023 was James Paxton, who was coming off of a season long injury in 2022 to the point where it was almost worrisome how much time he had been away from the game and whether that would translate over to his game in 2023. During the season, He was a little bit all over the place to start the 2023 season. He pitched well. He started off in the first couple months pitching to the tune of about a 320 earned run average. That's pretty good, especially considering the fact that he didn't pitch at all in April and he came back and started his season in May. So he made Four starts in May, and at the end of that month, he had a 426 earned run average because he struggled in a start on May 24th against the Angels where he gave up five earned runs. And that was the most of any start he made in May. His other three starts in May were solid. He gave up one earned run on May 19th and one on May 31st and just two on May 12th. So that one start against the Angels Really killed him, but he came out making a statement. He came out and looked very solid. And then he moved into June, and the most earned runs he gave up were on June 19th in a start at Minnesota where he gave up three earned runs. And the Twins were a good team in 2023. They made the postseason, and he was able to keep their lineup under control and then gave up zero earned runs in a couple starts. In June, particularly one that should be highlighted as he gave up zero earned runs on June 30th at Toronto, the Blue Jays have an absolutely stacked lineup to so to keep them to zero runs over 7.2 innings pitched. That's an impressive start. So he was eating up innings. He was pitching six or seven innings for a lot of his starts in those first couple months of the season. He ended the month of June with a minuscule earned run average of 270. That's ace caliber stuff. I mean, when you looked at the beginning of the season, the first couple months, you can argue that he was pitching to the tune of what a consistent number two starter would pitch at, and even in July, he slipped up a little bit, but his ERA at the end of July was still a 334, which is still very solid. He had one start in July where he struggled at the Cubs, giving up six earned runs and only lasted three innings in that game, so that was a rougher start for him, but then again, only giving up two runs on July 10th, Over six innings pitched, pitched another six innings on July 22nd and gave up two runs and then pitched again on July 29th at San Francisco, pitched five innings, giving up one earned run. So he had a good first three months of the season going there. And my point for reading all of those numbers is because it really paints a picture that he was reliable. In the first three months of the season, when the Red Sox were figuring out their rotation, who was going to pan out, who wasn't, who was going to be a solid piece and who wasn't, he was consistently going out there, eating up innings and not giving up a lot of runs. And that's what you want out of your frontline starters is guys who are going to go in there and eat up innings and be able to look back on it and say you know i can take care of business for this team and he was a pleasure to watch during those first three months and i remember having conversations on the show here and saying i've been so pleasantly surprised by james paxton so far i didn't have a lot of high expectations for him going into the season with his injury history and just how long he's been away from the game but For a rotation that had a lot of issues with pitchers struggling to eat up innings, Paxton was there. But then in the last couple months of the season, things kind of took a turn for him. I mentioned the Red Sox decided not to trade him at the trade deadline. I think they were expecting to get the same James Paxton for the rest of the season, but he then got to a point where he hit a little bit of a lull in august he did pitch a shutout on august 15th but that was against the royals it doesn't really count because that's just a pretty awful team and he gave up zero earned runs then that that was just one of the worst teams in baseball but other than that he did experience a bit of a struggle he only lasted four innings pitched in his start on august 24th at houston and he gave up six earned runs the astros are pesky they've always given the red sox a problem so he struggled then he struggled on august 26th against the dodgers that was a really tough part of the schedule in august for the red sox playing a few playoff contending teams in a row. He only lasted 4.1 innings pitched in that start while giving up four earned runs and he walked five in that start. And then he made one start in September on September 1st and then gave up six earned runs in that start with five hits only lasted 1.1 innings. So in the months of August and September, you could see his longevity and duration of time he was pitching in games start to decrease. And he was being less effective, walking more guys, giving up more runs. The primary reason for that to me is fatigue he wasn't used to pitching a full season in a while. So it was at the point where he was getting tired and probably wasn't able to keep up with the rigor of having to start every five days for a full season pretty much because he missed the first few weeks in April. But other than that, he was there because he did stay healthy for pretty much the rest of the season, which was nice, but he was starting to not be as effective. And then The Red Sox not trading him at the trade deadline looked like a little bit of a disappointment in those last couple months, but I give him credit. He went out there. He grinded during all of his starts and they faced some tough teams and he just wasn't as effective as he could have been in examining his numbers and the way he went about his pitching. There are a variety of different things that went wrong for him in that last month of the season. So Tune in because that's coming up next. Don't forget that Locked on Red Sox is available to you on your favorite podcast platform for free with a new episode Monday through Friday. Just continue to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, leave a review. Thank you to my everydayers who continue to come back every day and continue to tune in. I couldn't do this without any of you. I always love the comments you give. I remember... A couple of the everydayers back at the trade deadline commenting and wondering why the Red Sox didn't trade James Paxton. So it's always fun to read those types of comments, people who tune in every single day. It means the world to me. Continue to share the show with your friends and family who are also big Red Sox fans. And you can also connect with me and the show on Twitter. Follow me at Gabby 10 and follow the show at LO underscore Red Sox. You can also follow me on Instagram at Gabby underscore her 10. I like to often post polls related to the Red Sox or baseball in general. And it's a great way to share your thoughts and open up about things that are going on with this team. So be sure to continue to follow and check out some of the other lockdown shows as well. I mean, it's in the heart of basketball and hockey season right now. The Patriots are not playing well, but they are still out there making an effort. So tune into some of the other lockdown Boston sports shows. We have some great hosts here at the network that are always happy to provide good content for you. If you are interested in other sports besides baseball and also don't forget to download that serious XM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch of Red Sox baseball and you won't want to in 2024. Trust me. The other thing you won't want to miss out on is subscribing to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. You won't want to miss out on that, I promise you. Heading into the 2024 season, there's a lot of pressure on Craig Breslow and the Red Sox to make the right kinds of moves to bring in a reliable number one and number two starting pitcher anything less than that is pretty much unacceptable at this point And to me would be a failure of an off season. The pitching staff last year was not intact nearly as much as it should have been. The Red Sox were not willing to go out and spend a lot of money on the pitching rotation. Hopefully that changes to go into 2024, but James Paxton was somebody who was in the pitching rotation in 2023. He relied on his fastball 57.3% of the time. And then his curveball, 19.4% of the time, which was his next highest number. He only threw a changeup about 6.7% of the time, which in past seasons, he's thrown it more. Earlier on in his career, he was throwing it a good amount of the time. 2020, the COVID season doesn't count as much, but I still like to share the numbers. He used his changeup 12.6% of the time in 2020. Then he got injured didn't really throw in 2021, missed all of the 2022 season, and then pitched again in 2023. So I think that pitch was significantly less effective for him after he got injured. He wasn't at the point anymore where he could throw it as well and have it be as effective. If you look at prime James Paxton, He was throwing a lot of his pitches a lot more often. I'm looking at his time in Seattle, 2017, 2018. That 2018 season in Seattle, yes, he threw his fastball 63.8% of the time, which it's always common to have a fastball be pitched more than any of your other pitches. Most pitchers pitch it their best. He threw a curveball 21.5% of the time that season, and his curveball percentage has gone down since then. So his off-speed pitches, he hasn't been able to throw as much. And comparing those numbers in 2023 to past seasons, it is important because the injuries are the biggest factor in that. When you get an injury and your arm has to go through all of this rehab and surgery, you're likely not going to be able to have the same variety of pitches thrown as you have in the past in the way you're utilizing your pitches is going to change. So one of the biggest things I'm looking at for the season he had in 2023 was he wasn't able to throw as much of a variety of pitches as he has thrown in past seasons. His strikeout percentage in 2023 was 24.6% compared to a walk percentage of 8.0%. That gives a K to walk percentage of 16.5%. So he was striking out a good number of batters more than he was walking, which is good. He had a habit of being able to strike guys out. That was something that wasn't really taken away from him in 2023, but he did tend to lose his control sometimes when he was out there. He averaged about 3.09 walks per nine innings which is not awful. I mean, it's decent, but that means he was kind of getting in that mode during his starts where he was walking a decent amount of guys. Cause if you think about it, he wasn't pitching nine innings in a game. He was pitching about six or seven on average. So for him to give up a few walks here and there in those starts isn't really promising. He used to not walk a lot of guys earlier on in his career. So that's something to me that I'm looking at as part of his downfall in 2023, especially in those last couple months of the season when he didn't seem as locked in and didn't have as much control when he was on the mound. He was walking a lot of guys in that last month and a half of the season. Ultimately, ending the season, though, with an ERA of 450 isn't awful. I would have loved to see more from him. If the Red Sox look to sign pitchers this offseason that had a 450 ERA last year, I will not be pleased. Paxton does have somewhat of an excuse because I know I keep going back to the injuries, but it is true. If you're a pitcher who has dealt with multiple injuries in your career, you're naturally just not going to be the same pitcher when you come out of it. Look at Chris Sale, prime example. So Paxton has a little bit of a pass here, but a pitcher who's pitched all season and pitched the 2022 season and finished the 2023 season with a 450 earned run average is probably not that great of a pitcher. So when the Red Sox are signing pitchers this offseason, they need to set the bar higher than what James Paxton did in 2023. I'd even argue they have to set the bar higher than what brian Bayo did in 2023 because he is a solid number three starter but if they could aim to get somebody who's a true number one and then a true number two to go right behind him That, to me, is what would make for a good offseason for Boston. Obviously, the second base and outfield situations need to be figured out, as I've mentioned on the show, but those are a little bit less of a priority to that pitching staff. If they can get that number one and number two starter in there, then look out, League, because the Red Sox are coming. We know they have the offensive numbers. They put them up, and hopefully they can capitalize in 2024 and get back to being a team that can compete for a playoff spot because life's better when the Red Sox are good. That's just the reality. And as for James Paxton, I'm wishing him the best of luck. Who knows if he'll land an opportunity or what's going to happen with him. It's probably not going to be in Boston, but I'm hoping that he finds some success because as a player, I've always respected him. He's always worked hard. He's always been a stand-up guy. So hoping for the best for him and hopefully he lands somewhere. Don't forget to download the SiriusXM app to get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game to your phone so that you don't have to miss out on a single pitch of Red Sox baseball. And also subscribe to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube as Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is so exciting for the network. Nobody else has this Lockdown is the only network that has its own 24-7 streaming channel, so you can make sure that you're kept up with everything going on in all sports. These air nationally, these stories, which is very exciting. So hopefully the Red Sox will make a big move, and then you can see me on there talking about it. So just subscribe to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. At any time of day, you can be caught up in the biggest topics in all sports. So be sure to do that. And as always, keep the faith, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.